0: welcome to here to fuck spiders hosted by myself hannah and alicia hello we are a couple of queer australian health professionals and we're here to talk about sexual health education and exploration but before we do so there is some things that we need to let you know so alicia can you take us away with a bit of a disclaimer
1: absolutely okay pals please be aware that we're going to discuss explicit and sexual themes At times this might include sensitive topics such as sexual assault and violence. Also, we are Australian, so we do swear sometimes quite a lot. If this is not for you, feel free to keep scrolling. Also, please keep in mind that although we do have health degrees, we are by no means subject matter experts and this is not a replacement for therapy or other medical interventions. If anything discussed in this podcast brings something up for you or raises any concerns, please discuss with the relevant medical professional in your area. The intention of this podcast is to share experiences and hold a space for discussion, to educate and raise awareness for all. That being said, we are human, so we're gonna fuck up occasionally, but we're here to learn. So please feel free to reach out and let us know when we don't get something right, but please be nice about it.
0: Welcome to Here to Fuck Spiders with Hannah and Alicia. Hello. We are a podcast about sexual health, education and exploration. Mm -hmm. Welcome to our very first show.
1: I'm so (laughs) excited. So,
0: this show, I mean, it's pretty much going to be
1: a giant get to know you. So, who are we, Alicia? Who are we? Well, my name's Alicia. Yeah. Hi. Hannah and I are both health professionals. Mm -hmm. Living in Australia, um, we're both queer women, yeah, and we are both very, very passionate about sexuality, sexual mm-hmm. education, mm-hmm. about learning new things about each other and other people, and yeah. just. What, what would you add, anything? I mean, I guess the only other relevant
0: thing to know is that because we are like we're in a section of health professionals where often we are made responsible for. Sexual education, sexual mm. health and well-being, sexual rehabilitation, yeah. and during our experience of education and also our early years of professional, you know, coming into being, mm. we clinical work, clinical work. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's yeah. We we are health professionals. <laughs> well. It's all right, but this is not therapy. No, so. exactly. This is just me being me. So don't no take it as, such. as a health
1: professional, <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm.
0: But during that experience, we found that. Often our peers didn't know much, if mm. anything, about this area. We're quite freaked out about talking about yeah. it. We were very comfortable in that area but also understood that we didn't necessarily have the education or the clinical support to work in this area. So that's kind
1: of why yeah. we're passionate about this. Is and that- I, yeah, and I think it's also – it's beautiful the way you say that. I might to start with that. Thank you. Thank um, you. But I think that's a pretty big thing, was even just like the realisation that lots of these sort of conversations were things we were talking about already, mm-hmm. and then having those conversations with essentially strangers, you mm-hmm. know, future clients that you're working with, often in very challenging times of their lives, mm-hmm. it's a hard conversation to have, mm-hmm. or it can feel like a very vulnerable conversation to have. So, given that this is something we're comfortable to talk about already, yeah, that sort of makes sense for us. Yeah. But sort of having that rec- like that recognition of there's a whole bunch of people who we were learning alongside who wouldn't have even spoken to us as sort of like colleagues or classmates mm. to then consider they're going to go out and talk to future clients yes. about these things that so you could tell that it made them uncomfortable. You, there was just no way they were going to do it. Yes, exactly. But for me it's something that is integral to me as a person, mm. you know, recognising that we are all sexual beings. Mm. I think it's something that if it's neglected in a healthcare setting, it can be quite damaging. And so I think that's also why we were talking about things over, over the many years and many cocktails and became quite important for us.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think that's part of why we've, decided to start this podcast because Mm -hmm. it's a space for us to have these conversations I guess somewhat in a public forum and hopefully invite other people into this space as well so that we can have this space of exploration and education together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just to have the conversations that we've been already trying to have Mm. and just really continuing to have that Mm -hmm. in a space where people can provide other insights where we can maybe create a community where People could talk to each other or connect or, you know, whether you're a health professional, you're not working in the field and you just find sex interesting, like this is a place where you can come and learn and just, like, listen to some familiar voices. Yeah, definitely.
0: definitely. Yeah. So maybe the burning question that you have is, is this podcast about spiders? <laughs> no way.
1: No. So Hannah and I are notoriously terrified of spiders May I just... Absolutely <laughs> arachnophobic. <laughs> yeah. I'm to start with that. Um, so there's going to be no spiders on this podcast. Mm. And to be honest, there will be never any spiders on this podcast if the if the preferences are us. Yeah, I, I highly doubt there will be an occasion where there is
0: spiders outside of some sort of spider-related kink. Mm. It's really, it's not going to be discussed. It's not for us. Um, for our non-Australian listeners, I'm being really ambitious here. Hopefully, you're out there somewhere one day. Uh, hi, hi, if you are, sound us. Yeah, welcome. Um, here to fuck spiders is a uniquely Australian saying, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. And essentially, what it means is that we're not here to
1: mess around. Mm. With. Would you say that's yeah. accurate, Alicia? Yeah. I feel like when you like show up to a thing yeah. and you're ready to do the thing, yeah. you're like, I'm not here to fuck spiders.
0: Yeah. It means, you you, you mean business. Yeah. You mean business. business
1: we're not here to fuck spiders. Yeah. So we're
0: not here to fuck spiders. Mm-hmm. We, we mean business. We mean to talk about mm-hmm, sex. Yeah. And everything to do with it. Plenty that. of fucking. Absolutely. And taboo <laughs> subjects and all of that. All of the in-between. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. So, it's not about spiders. Uh, it is about sex mm-hmm. and sexual health and education and exploration. Alicia, what was your experience
1: with sexual education in school? Hmm. Well, or outside of school? Just is, generally. Just generally, yeah. Honestly, I don't remember much okay. about learning about sex ed. I feel like in school, I remember the like classic... I mean, I went to a... Like a government, like public high school, no religious background. I was there doing like a sporting scholarship. So I remember like it was quite a unique thing that like we had mixed, like a mixed health class because every other health class was just for, like it would be a girls' class or it would be a boys' class. But ours was mixed because of like a sporting class or whatever. But I remember like health there just being anatomy-based, I guess. I do, like I do remember doing diagrams. And right. I remember filling out diagrams and, like, being kind of ashamed because I felt like I knew more about the, like, male diagrams than I knew about the female
0: diagrams. Yeah.
1: Which felt, like, really cringy, like, at the time. I felt like I was, like, yeah, it was a bit weird. Um, but otherwise, I feel like it was some diagrams, a bit of anatomy. Um, and then I just remember getting, like, we had a few sort of seminars about STIs, but it was just, like... It wasn't like, hey, some of these ones you might have to laugh, but they're all manageable and then all of these ones are treatable. So, like, don't worry, enjoy sex, be safe and have, like, safer sex. It was just, like, look at these graphic images of things you would never want to get and then, like, vague, vague, vague content around whether you could cure it, whether there was anything you could do about it. Like that's what I sort of remember it being, mm, and so I like, very like scare tactics. Right? Yeah, quite it's scare strange. tactics, and it's weird because like I was like it sounds strange to say like I was good friends with my health teachers, but like they were most of my sporting coaches as well. So like I really respected them, and like I don't think that they were they weren't teaching content in like a bad way or anything. Yeah, you know. What Absolutely. about you? What was your experience yeah. learning about sex so ed?
0: So I went to well. I didn't get any sex ed in primary school, and then I went to high school after that. Which we did get high. We did we did get sex ed in high school. We did. We <laughs> we did, did get, get high. high. We got high <laughs> in high school as well, meme. but that's, that's a separate topic. <laughs> 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 So we did get sex ed in high school, but the difference between my primary school and my high school was that my high school was religious, oh, so okay. I went to a private religious high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bit confused about its religious identity, so it was generally Christian, but we went to like a different church for every Easter and every Christmas. So I can't tell you, dear listener, um, what denomination and therefore what you know affiliations or doctrines that or may not have been mm. following in terms of sex ed, mm. um, because it didn't it didn't really have any. It was a bit confused, mm-hmm. but generally Christian, mm-hmm. um, and I think generally as an umbrella <laughs> umbrella Christian. <laughs> so our sex head was gender separated Mm -hmm. and I remember very similar to your experience. It was a lot about the anatomy. Mm -hmm. We never learned about sex for anything other than procreation. There was no
1: pleasure education,
0: no pleasure education
1: whatsoever.
0: Um, similar scare tactics around stis Mm. this is the worst thing that could ever happen to you in your whole entire life if you do this your whole life's going to be ruined Mm. it's just going to be
1: awful um i remember which also so quick note Mm. i just like now being an adult sorry most most things one pill or like a dose of antibiotics Yeah, You know, like, I'm just like, I felt like it was such a big deal. Yeah. And you were so scared to even consider it. I feel like it's something that stops people these days from even getting STI screens. Absolutely. And, like, even if you get things that are, like, lifelong viruses, like herpes, it's manageable. Mm. Like, it doesn't even really have to impact your quality of life at all. No, exactly. And I think that's part of the the
0: problematic Mm. parts of having that conversation in your formative years as Mm. a teen. And having it so dramatic, so this is going to ruin your whole life. It it does mean that as an adult you're going to be unwilling to present to health
1: professionals later on. Um, And it also feeds into that thing of like health professionals also being scared of it. Yes. Sort of even how we spoke about like people in our cohort not being comfortable having these conversations. Well, I'm sorry. There's lots of doctors out there who also, from my experiences with like various doctors, they don't enjoy having those conversations or they're scared or they clearly have... Quite conservative narratives around Absolutely. sexual health. And as someone who is trying to be proactive, and you're going, yeah, you know, every six months I'm going to go get an STI check or I want to go have this done, or, you know, and they're there trying to be like, hmm, like a bit shaming about maybe how many partners you've had or about the fact that you've come back and you're in a monogamous relationship. And it's like, no, this is me just taking control over my health. Mm. Like, from your health professional, so at least you can do to do what I'm asking. Absolutely, of you.
0: absolutely, and I think even from the health professional's point of view, because there is this taboo and the stigma around it, you are then reluctant to ask about mm, it because mm-hmm. you might get this reaction from your client or your patient or whatever you choose to call them. Mm. That is a bit. Oh, you've just accused me of something which is shameful, and therefore I'm going to react negatively yeah. to you because I know that there's a lot of conversations that I have in the past been very careful about having with clients because i don't want them to feel like i am saying to them you're um, being presumptuous yeah you know like
1: because people have this thing about like are you asking because i like look a certain way Mm. and it's like no i'm asking because i ask everyone this question but then you have to preface it like that like oh i ask everyone this routine question i just want to check which also means you need the
0: space and the support from the organization as well to to support those conversations exactly Mm. exactly um, but yeah, so just jumping back to my yeah. school experience, it was like gender separated, it was very scare tactics around STIs, it was very much about anatomy, there was no education about sexual pleasure, mm. there was no education about any other relationships other than hetero relationships. It oh, was absolutely. Very heterocentric. Um, and I remember the most that they ever did to acknowledge that we would actually have sex was they brought in, it it was so bizarre to me. It it is still bizarre to me now. (laughs) (laughs) Continues. I mean, everybody knows the stereotypical scene in the Hollywood movie where you have like the bananas and everybody's putting a condom Mm. on the banana, right? Yeah. So they brought in this bucket full of like fake Plastic bananas. Okay. But then you took the top of the banana and there was a penis
1: underneath. So it was Oh, no. Like, people are like, can I have sex with a banana? It was, Am I going to get an FDI from a banana? I just, I don't understand why we have to
0: disguise the dildos as bananas. Why did we? There were two we, penises. Let them show up as penises. Why did we do this? I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> um... Yeah, so that was my experience at school with Sex Ed. Yeah. I guess, like, for you, Alicia, do you experience Sex Ed outside of school as well in any capacity? Um,
1: I don't remember it. I don't think so. I feel like I was a very curious kid, and I remember, like, I, th- I remember at some point, and I would have like, been, like, a child, like, under 10 years of age. I remember at some point being on, like, a family holiday and being, like, Knowing the anatomy um, and sort of just being like, the things are meant to fit together. How? How do they fit together? I don't get it. Like, does it hook in?
0: Like, I I just, I was
1: so confused and (laughs) I didn't see it as like an intimate thing. I just like was thinking of it like more, I guess, as a science-based question being like, well like I know that there's a penis and I know that there's a hole. <laughs> so we're just logically basically so, like, at this point. Is that, how like we make this like work? I was good at puzzles, you know? <laughs> like how do we like what is that? What does that mean? And I remember like asking and I think I think getting like an answer, but I think it still didn't really like make sense in my little kid brain. And I was like, mm, okay. I don't know. You know, like but I think that was sort of the extent of it. Sex ed, chats, um, I don't remember actually getting any like sex-related conversations. There was like a bit of the like careful of having sex because you don't want to have kids thing early on, um, and the other the only other conversation I would remember I remember having as a teenager was the like you're gonna get your period chat, and the timing of that was actually we had like a year five camp that we had to go on, and so I remember like Mum sitting me down and she was like okay like so you're gonna go on this camp, and she just like. I feel like she did it super brief and I could tell like she seemed a bit nervous about it because I think she was sort of like, you don't need to know this now. Like it might not be relevant, but it could be relevant. And if it is relevant, you're going to freak out, you know? So like she sort of was just doing it from a point of view of like, okay, you're away for a week and you're going away. There's this thing that could happen. And she, like, I think she named all the things. Like I think she was like, you can get this thing called your period and it's gonna look like XYZ. So, was this the first time that you'd ever heard of this? As in, like, okay. oh, absolutely.
0: Wow, that's quite intense to think that you might have had that on that week and, like, you've never heard of this
1: before. Yeah, but I, I remember not being that freaked out about it. Okay. Like I, and I don't know if that's just like the way my mom delivered it, like, whether she was just, like, real chill about <laughs> it. But, like, I just remember her sort of being like, it's really unlikely. And I feel like that in me was like, oh, well, it's probably not gonna happen. And, like, honestly, like, just lucky. But, like, it didn't happen, you know? Great. But it was sort of, like, you might get some bleeding or it might look brown in your underwear. If that happens, like, you can use these, like, I'll give you some pads or some liners. You just have to swap them. And it was was that sort of, like, how to deal with it when it happens. I don't really remember it being, like, the this is why it's happening chat. I feel like I got that from school,
0: Mm. you know? Like, in
1: school, I feel like that was the... You have, you have tubes and the anatomy side of things did you receive that education from school before your
0: period came or was it
1: after um i think after because mm-hmm. so i think i actually got i mean I'm so tmi but i guess this, this is the podcast but like i feel like i got my I period like a friend's place i was like Um, staying with a mate who used to live in the country. Yeah. And, like, just having, like, my mum, like, we'd been there for, like, a swimming holiday sort of thing. And I remember getting that, like, discoloration in the underwear situation. And I was like, oh, I think this is the thing. But it would have been years after mum and I had had this chat and it was never brought up again. Yeah, right. And so, like, I don't think I had anything. But I think I knew the words to be like, hey, I've got – I think I've got my period. And then, like, my friend had, like, a sister. And, like, her mum also was, like, super, like – very chatty. That's right. And so, like, yeah, like, it was, like, a totally fine experience. So it was quite a positive experience. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a positive yeah. experience. Yeah. That's so, like, fun. that would be the only sex ed that I probably received outside of school was around mm. that sort of stuff. Was there any, like, sex aid about
0: sex or intimate relationships and partnerships that you discussed with your parents or anything like that?
1: Not really. I feel like there was the, like, the, like, just make sure you're being safe. But also, like, as a teenager. I mean, like, I also, like, I wasn't super sexual for a really long time. I've always been a very affectionate person, but I didn't have like sexual urges until like, I'd say like later teens sort of thing. So like when people were being like, "Oh, like just make sure you're safe. I like, didn't really get what that meant. If that makes, like I just yeah. thought of this, I was like, okay, like I'll keep the, like, I don't, I don't know. Like if I'd be going out or something, they'd be like, "Oh, stay safe or whatever. I'd like, okay. Like my friends are nice. So, like, I'll hang out with them. You know, like, like I couldn't have been more clueless around some of that stuff. And then when it came down to, like, actually my first experiences, I didn't really feel like I could, like, have those chats with my family Mm. about being like, hey, I'm nervous about this thing. Mm. Like, I feel like that was more of, like, a relying on friends, which was, like, now knowing the education, it was just greatly skewed and it wasn't accurate right like, like yeah. what they were telling you yeah, yeah absolutely like you know the concept is like you should bleed at, on your first time oh that's I see what you like things yeah, like yeah. that yeah so sort of like like common myths and stuff common myths yeah there were a lot of common myths that like I had no other education around it so it was, that was fact yes you know yeah. and then like at the time sort of been like mm, it feels weird like I don't think that's right but not having someone to ask and not feeling, or or even just not not having someone that you were comfortable with. Yeah, just not being comfortable, because, like, I love my family. They're brilliant, but, like, just not feeling in a space where, and that could have been a perceived issue on my behalf, you know? Like, Mm. that's not a fault of theirs, just, like, not feeling comfortable to ask those questions around things that I was, like, nervous about or, like, I felt different around, Mm. you know?
0: Well, I think that, again, goes back to sort of the whole purpose of this podcast, in a way, is to have a space to talk about some of those subjects Mm. that... You weren't maybe comfortable to talk about back then, or like hopefully somebody finds this podcast and listens to it and and has another space to think about this yeah. or explore this
1: if they don't have anyone in their life. I would love there. that we could be almost like big sister vibes, you know? I'm like sure, someone could come to us to be like, I have questions about this thing. I'm just going to check if we've like had a conversation about it, and then they can listen, and we can be here completely non judgmental space so they can send a message in absolutely, and we can just be like, hey.
0: Or even to have a space where people can come in and talk about stuff that we don't know everything about Mm. as well. You know, it's really a safe space for learning for everyone, really. It's exciting. Wow, how inspirational. (laughs) How
1: inspirational. What were some of the common myths that you heard? Common myths. The common myths. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a different sort of myth. (laughs) Um.
0: Well, I think uh, I'm having trouble thinking of any specifically. I think there was definitely a lot of confusion around within hetero relationships if a blowjob could get you pregnant. Oh, yeah. And a lot of like, I guess it wasn't, it could have been worse in that, you know, some people might have thought that like fingering could get you pregnant. But Mm. there was a lot of like, okay, well, if he had a wank and then he had sperm on his hands and then he fingered you, Mm. then could you get pregnant? And, again, it was a lot of that sort of scaremongering going back to, you know, high school Especially section. Especially just, like, don't be intimate. It, yeah. Just don't like, do it. I mean, and then, you know, making you watch really graphic videos of women giving birth and having horrific experiences. The water births. The water
1: births. <laughs> I just remember watching the water births and, like, then we had to, like, hold these fake babies. And, like, I, I was... Traumatized.
0: Did you have to do the take care of a baby thing for a while? Oh, home? no, I managed to get out of that.
1: That was definitely more of a private school gig. Oh, was that? Like okay. when... Oh, no, there, was a, there was a childcare class, I think, like a specific class that those kids had to go and have the 24-hour babies. Was
0: was this the kids that they thought were at risk of becoming pregnant? <laughs> no,
1: they, they nominated themselves. Oh. They were, like, interested in, like... It was, like, home stuff or... Maybe it was actually just like parenting education. I don't know. But there was like a specific yeah. elective class and they ended up having to have the 24-hour babies. And best believe, i was so stoked that I did not pick that class. So I went to a private school, so we did not have home
0: economics. It was like, you're going to do business or literature, nothing else. <laughs> Productivity. Is Productivity. Mm. You're going to be a girl boss bitch. <laughs> we don't else. have time for anything to distract you. <laughs> No orgasms out here. <laughs> no orgasms, no babies, no nothing. <laughs> Don't be queer. Yeah. Just asexual, really. Asexual yeah. productive Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, that clearly that, went well. Oh honestly, that's why I'm here today. <laughs> Obviously I fit that description you really just well. Said, oh.
1: <laughs> really living up to their standard. They'd be so proud. Honestly. You should give them a call and be like, hey. I did it. I've made it. I've made to be alumni. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um I think we got off on a Mm, sorry, we got distracted. We're talking about common myths.
0: Yeah. So yeah, a lot of confusion about what could make you pregnant, Mm -hmm. how risky it was to get pregnant. Mm. Um a lot of myths about, you know, like well, I guess it (laughs) <laughs> this is debatable as to how much it is a myth, but a lot of horror stories around this girl didn't even know she was pregnant and then she had a bath and then she had a baby and that that's what happened to you. That is
1: nightmare fuel. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Me. And, and the, I mean, that was also like fueled by take five and mm. all those.
1: Oh yeah. Magazines. So yeah, that was brought into a lot though. Yeah. And the thing is like, it does happen. Mm. Like I've seen the rare case and maybe we would be very clear, rare case where that's happened and someone's, like, carried a baby to full term without the awareness of it and then has given birth in a fairly simple manner as well. You know, like they've had quite a simple birth and they genuinely thought they were going to the toilet or have cramps and then all of a sudden they've got a baby. Like, but, like, I thought that could happen, you know? It was always so it was like at the point. The pregnancy scare level. Was so so high, Mm. so high, and again,
0: I feel like we can trace that back to sex ed because I mean, you said it's not like that Mean Girls quote, but honestly, my sex ed kind of was. It sounds like it was. It was like, don't have sex ever because you will be pregnant, Mm. and if you
1: get pregnant, your whole life will be ruined. Mm. That's it. Which like is just the irony that now I feel like the conversations you're having with people, you know, back then it was like, do you have sex? You're going to get pregnant immediately, right? Mm. But these days, like chatting to our friends, it's like, you have to have sex on these specific days, during these specific times with these specific cervical, (laughs) I don't know, I don't know how to do it, temperatures, certain temperatures, and then maybe still you won't get pregnant. Like, sorry, the stories now, like, and and like, that's like genuinely their recommendations from medical professionals. Honestly,
0: it's horrific. Now we need to think about cervical mucus. (laughs) What (laughs) the fuck? what the fuck i know I, I, I can. I, I mean out of our friend group i'm like the older gal out mm-hmm. of our friends and like mm-hmm. i'm not by any stretch to say that
1: i'm you know old like i'm not I'm she's not old. old and ladies and gentlemen she looks beautiful and you you couldn't tell okay thanks we just put that out there i okay? mean look to be fair she's hard on myself again
0: i'm not that old i'm i'm nearly 30 like right? mm-hmm. i'm looking down the barrel of the big three oh right mm-hmm. But I can, it's just amazing to me how much the conversation
1: around Shift.
0: me mm. shifts from never have sex ever because you'll end up pregnant just looking at a person with a penis mm-hmm. to, oh my God, are you not pregnant yet? You better get pregnant yeah. because if you don't get pregnant, your ovaries are shriveling up and they're dying and you'll never get pregnant. So get as Get pregnant as fast as you can and have all the sex all the time. Yeah. But don't be stressed about it. Just have all the sex all Enjoy the time.
1: I'm just I mixed, mixed messages. I
0: don't know what I'm supposed to do, to be honest. And I'm
1: very confused. <laughs> so confused. <laughs> yeah, honestly, those two messages. Yeah, like, you know, in reflection, I just big changes. Big changes. It's a huge swing. It's a, a lot of mixed swing. messages. Yeah. Yeah. It's not ideal. No. But that was a big myth. Like you will get pregnant immediately yes you know you touch a penis pregnant. you're probably pregnant you think about a penis
0: pregnant pregnant, pregnant. as a uterus owner yeah 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 well oh, i guess that's one of the other i mean i guess i don't know how to classify it as myths or horror stories or urban legends but there was a lot of homophobia there was a lot of sort of myths about trans people as being cross-dressers or transvestites or all of these sort of horrible slurs that yeah. we don't like to use anymore, a lot of misunderstandings mm. about what that means about a person, what it means to be gay or to be mm. queer. Yeah, um, just promiscuous. or just promiscuous, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, there was
1: a lot of shame, I feel like, around the concept of like owning your own sexuality. Mm. you know like god forbid you enjoy having sex
0: i think that
1: for me at school was specific to being
0: a uterus owner mm. or a female presenting person and enjoying sex you definitely yeah. weren't i mean you had to a little bit but not too much because if you did too much then you're a slut so we've got the whole yeah Magdalena, madonna whole complex yeah you know? it yeah Uh, And I know that definitely for boys, there was the whole, you know, having as many people
1: as you could on your count was Mm. good. So that's... It's a a complex little binary you got there. It's a lot of pressure. It's like, we don't want to be too into it, but we still need to be into it enough. Absolutely. While like, also like, like I was, again, very affectionate gal. I remember back in my high school days, like, like I had some close friends who were just like people that I was super comfortable around and then other people that I was chatty with or... You know, whatever the situation and like, you know, if you made out with someone, it was such a big deal, which as well, I mean, like looking at the kids now, like hate to seem like one of them, but like things are different. So different. You know, and I'd like to think that's in like a sex positive way and I'd like to think that's also with more education under their belt. I don't know if it is, but like when I was in high school, there was a lot of shame around, you know, making out with people and exploring your sexuality. Even just having those sort of conversations with people and, like, but the binary between, like, the guys could do that or, like, heck, they could go and have sex with multiple people within their friend group and it was still, like, hats off to them. Yeah, it was good. You know, like, it was, like, cool, yeah, have some fun. And on the other end, like, I could have, like, held hand or kissed a couple people and I was getting slurred out in the change rooms and people were having a problem with it. You know, like, and then having to stand up for yourself, and like, I never got it because so I was like, Well, you have a problem with like women having a good time? Like, I didn't yeah. do anything, yeah. Like, I'd rather at least get in trouble because I did something. I think <laughs>
0: that's actually that brings up another big myth because I didn't come out as a bi woman for ages, like, well after high school. Mm. Because in high school, there was this myth that. By women didn't exist. It was just straight women that wanted to perform
1: and get attention from men. Mm. it makes my skin crawl. Yeah, not sorry. To be clear, not by women. Just that (laughs) that narrative. (laughs) That narrative makes me so uncomfortable because just also too familiar with it absolutely yeah, yeah. so I, I would hope that i
0: think i think it is different mm. just like knowing younger people and seeing mm. my school kids these days i would hope that it is different for them it does seem to me even yeah.
1: just like the media now
0: absolutely like, and I watch that show well i think that's the thing is that it's besides just being sorry i think that even if it's not Available through sort of official channels of Mm. sex ed at school, it's definitely available in the media that they consume, and it's definitely a much more positive narrative in the media that they consume. There's definitely more like
1: influencers or you know, YouTubers or whoever, however, you want to call them, who are way more sex positive and also in the rainbow umbrella. And visible and visible in a positive way yeah. as well. You can be positively queer. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the really special things about sexuality, and it's what I love about it. Is that like it's like a fingerprint. You know, like everyone's fingerprint is different, and everyone's sexuality is different. Like yeah. I really think about it in that way. So it's like you're never going to have the exact same preferences or excitements as other people, or experiences, it, or experiences or hardships. And so in that same way, it's like well you can't compare your trauma to my trauma and vice versa. And like, like that's just not a fun party. <laughs> I love that. That way of saying that it's like a fingerprint. I feel like that really encapsulates it. That's awesome. Okay. So we've spoken about what you did learn. Yes. Um, what do you wish that you learned? You know, what was missed? Yeah, I guess
0: definitely. I wish I'd learned more about queer relationships or even the fact that queer people exist. Mm. And in like
1: what way it of- could that may have been yeah um like just like how vast and different that can exist as yeah
0: like to be honest even if they hadn't been able to capture that at the time that i went to school it just said that the mention that that was a thing that existed Mm -hmm. because it wasn't even i didn't even learn that from school you know it was literally just hetero stuff that was talked about ever it would have been nice to learn or even being told that it is okay to have sex for pleasure, that many mm. people do have sex for pleasure. Self-pleasure. Self-pleasure, to being given the licence for that to exist within you as a person, mm-hmm. uh, for the capacity of the desire for that to exist, yeah. that would have been great. I wish there had been less scare tactics. Mm. Because I don't think it stopped anyone from having sex. It didn't stop anyone from being pregnant. It didn't stop anyone from getting STIs. No, it just meant that people were less likely to ask for help when they needed it. It didn't achieve any of the outcomes no. it was meant yeah. to achieve and it really damaged people. Mm-hmm. So I wish there had been less of that. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess they're the main ones.
1: What yeah. about you? I would have loved... Um, some information around boundaries and how to set your boundaries. Because I think something, you know, it was like the classic no means no, which like there's no grey area for what the rest of it means. Um, but also there just wasn't information around consent generally and like how to know when you're not ready or even the fact that you get a right to be like, hey, like, yeah, I like this part, but – I don't want to do more than that, or maybe I'm comfortable doing this next thing, but that doesn't, that's not an immediate yes into the next thing. Like, and I think even just the nuance between understanding power dynamics and like coercion and any of those sorts of topics, they were not discussed. So, yeah, I think that's like for me, that's the biggest thing. I mean, like, you already touched on the other ones, like, pleasure is a huge thing, mm-hmm. any sort of queer topics, mm-hmm. but otherwise, like, boundaries and consent and mm-hmm. how to set them, like, in like a practical way, how to be on the other end of it and understand Mm. what people are telling you, but also to be on the way of being like, I'm not trying to offend your feelings, but, like, these are my boundaries and this is what I know it feels like a no for me. Yeah. I guess I
0: would also second that and in more of a broad sense, I wish that the paradigm in which sex ed was taught to us through school specifically was so different in the way that, you know, girls got taken away and got given self-defence classes and got told to always cover their drink and got told... You know, if you go out at a certain time of night and if you Mm. dress in a certain way, then your consent is going to be considered implied and it is essentially your fault Mm. if you if something happens to you that you didn't consent to because you've given consent in these quote unquote risky actions that you have taken. And I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall to the sex education that the boys got in that time. Yeah. If any. Yeah. I know that in conversations that I've had with men my age, it has been wild to them to understand what my experience of mm. sex ed was and how much of my safety for my personal wellbeing and my sexual safety was placed on my shoulders mm-hmm. as my responsibility, and the way that it was blatantly and explicitly made my responsibility. I know that, like, a lot of the men that I have talked to of my generation have just had their minds blown yeah. by that. Um, yeah, so if you're a man mm. that was born around 1992 <laughs> and you want to share your yeah, experiences, yeah, let us know what
1: because well. we're aware that we have a big hole in this Mm. oh and that's the thing like we are only speaking from like our specific experiences Mm. so if you're like i mean if anything that we said resonates with you and you're just like yeah me too send us a message Mm. or if you're on the other end and you're like whoa i got this situation or this was my take from it also send us a message yeah email us or contact us on instagram we're still trying to figure out how to set it up (laughs) All our stuff will be in the show notes, so where you can reach out to us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Is there anything else that we needed to cover? Um, I don't don't know. I have a fun question. Yeah, go on. When did you first learn about sex and, like, the, the fact that sex existed? Was it, like, a conversation? Was it a TV show? Did you see something you weren't supposed to see?
1: I don't know. I think that it might have actually been that question as, like, a child being like, the bits are meant to fit together. What is that? Okay. I think that was probably the Do conversation. Do you remember how you learned that the bits are meant to fit together? No. <laughs> I think it was literally just, like, a weird intuition thing. Okay. Like, because, like, I come from, like, not not to out them, but, like, my, my family doesn't always wear clothes. Yeah. And so, like, I've seen the anatomy of bodies, and I think just, like, from that, and then probably, I guess, from movies, mm. maybe... I'm not even too sure. I just sort of was like, well, you have relationships and then your body's mush together. What's happening? Yeah. Was Like, I think that was probably, like, the vagueness of the, like, I think there's a thing that happens because, again, I think whispers probably from school context would yeah. have been, like, different slang words or different things and maybe being like, I don't really understand and also like, not really having urges very early, just being like, huh, that would have been me. What about you? What was your...
0: Um, yeah, I have a clear memory of it, actually. Mm-hmm. So I was in uh, year one. And oh, yeah, very clear. Early, early, early. I was in year one and cuz i hadn't had a lot of contact with my peers like up until then because i lived in the country it was quite isolated mm-hmm. so all of a sudden i was like around all these other kids that were my age it was very exciting oh. it was sat at assembly with a girl who was my friend mm-hmm. at the time and i remember my friend whispering in my ear telling me that there was this word called sex that she just learnt about, and then like hushing me up because the teacher was trying to find out what everybody was talking about. And then the teacher found out and started telling her off, and she kept on saying, No, I was saying sax, not sex. And in my little one year old brain, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. It's like the saxophone. <laughs> Turns out, ladies not and like, not like the saxophone. Everyone in between, it
1: was not the saxophone. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. I do. Remember, I, I do remember hush tones. To be honest, I do remember that being a common theme. of, like any time something like sex related came up, it would be like we don't talk about it. Yeah, you know, it, it, like it just it felt a bit naughty. Yeah, and absolutely. I don't know that I like like it wasn't someone being like, no, that's bad. It was just like any sort of narrative around it. It just felt really like it was very understood. This is not something we're meant to be talking about. No, this is like not something we're meant to talk about, mm. especially like just hush tones. Absolutely. You know, really yeah. harsh tones. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here we are with our microphone. Just and now out. we're
0: broadcasting to the world. I'm like, hey, guys. About
1: saxophones. Come have, have a chat with us about saxophones.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, folks,
0: that's all we have for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really does make a difference. It helps new people to find us so that we can continue bringing you this quality content. We would like to say thank you to Pablo, our producer, and also to all the beautiful people who support us in the background. If you would like to get in contact with us to leave us some feedback, to ask a question or to suggest topics for future episodes, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at here to FCK Spiders Podcast or you can write us an email at here to fckspiders at gmail.com. We will also leave this information in the show notes for you in case you need it. We will also include in the show notes some crisis numbers just in case any of the information that we brought up in this podcast is disturbing or distressing for you. Please do not hesitate to use these numbers if you need them. Some other options might be mental health support services in your local area or a safe friend or family member. Once again, Alicia and I would like to thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a lovely day and be kind to yourself.